everyone. Welcome back to this week's episode. This week is actually going to be a little special. It is going to be the repeat live Q&A that I did a few weeks ago with Jerome and kind of just what started the new series that we will be doing together as a couple, and it's called Two Disciples in a Pod. And I am so excited to see what God is going to do with it and how he's going to use it um, to inspire others and hopefully give hope and encouragement to other couples out there. But buckle up, sit back, and just listen to the questions that he asked me and then just how he kind of just unfolds as well. So you guys have a great day. Be blessed and stay focused. It's Jen. I'm too blind to read that. Uh, Awesome. So uh, we are going to go through some questions and then at the end there will be uh, just open questions for you guys. Um, there also, I will be taking closer to the end, the names who are everyone who is still online and you will be in a drawing to, uh, win some of the new merchandise that will be on the website next week. Uh, Bug is here. She's going to show us, um, what you're going to win tonight. If you stay with us through the whole podcast, go ahead. Ooh. Uh. <laughs> it's the first journal. So super excited to get those out there right now. I just have the color. I guess so you would say it was a, it's a purple, it's a lavender, whatever you want to call it. Um, so hopefully if those do good, then I can get more colors. And you also will be getting a custom keychain. Nobody said ooh or ah. Ooh. Ooh. <laughs> uh, what does it say, Bug? It says we love because he first loved us. First uh, John 419. Awesome. So those are two things that you can win tonight if you hang out with us. We're hoping maybe 30 minutes, maybe an hour. I don't know. I talk a lot. She he, does. He listens a lot. So who knows how long we'll be here. So I'll be having some coffee, some tea, whatever you're drinking tonight. I do have my phone here because, like I said, the what we're shooting off of is pretty far away. So I promise I will try to get to all of your comments and, and your questions at the end. Um, but I am excited about this episode. This will be, um, also aired in a few weeks on the actual podcast. So if you can't stay for all of it and you still want to listen to the questions, you'll be able to catch that later on. Um, so real quick, this is obviously my special guest. Um, I think he's going to be my favorite guest, like I said, but I can't be too partial. So I'm going to just give him a moment just to introduce himself and tell us a little bit about him and, and what he does for the Lord. Hi, I'm uh, Bethany's husband, uh, Jerome Lambert, for those that don't know me. Um, I've um, been in my walk with Christ for about three and a half years now. Um, I've been serving with the church. Uh, we started off together with uh, the kids, the young kids, our cubs. Um, that was an amazing experience. It really started opening my eyes a lot. Um, and then once we um, once we moved up to the next stage, now we're with the youth, and it is just beyond life changing what what um, serving with the the youth does. Um, you know, they're in that age group that uh, the more they learn, the more you're learning, and, and it's just it's so much better when when they're at that age group where they can actually talk back to you and, and ask questions. The, the young kids, they you know, they're I, I, I hope their walk keeps continuing. Um, but at their age, they're not, they're not full of questions. They're not really too familiar with it and everything. So the youth 
is really just a 100% different, um, a different step in, in walking in, in my walk with Christ. Um, and then, you know, of course, we, we um, volunteer at the camps and in the, the um, conferences and things like that. So it's all, you know, every bit of that, the, the volunteering and everything is just, if you're not doing anything like that, get into it because it completely changes your walk with Christ 100%. Absolutely. And it's so important for you to get out there and serve. And it's not just in your church, it's within your household and in the community. Because whenever you're serving others, you're also serving the Lord, and that's the most important and it's not to do it to boast and say, hey, I did this or the spotlight or anything. It's just you're doing it out of pure heart and pure love for the Lord. And it's just an amazing feeling, like he said. And it's for a wife, it's been awesome just to watch God get a hold of his heart and just transform him tremendously. A lot of you go to our church, so you've seen um, Jerome and change over the past couple of years, which has been incredible. And um, for those of you out there who have husbands that you're praying for, future spouses, keep praying, sister. It's going to happen. God will get a hold of them. God will provide. Uh, I always say, pray for your Boaz. He's coming. He's in the future. God will bring him to you in his time. Uh, but are you ready? Yep. All right. So we're going to get into some questions. We do have quite a bit of questions that you guys have submitted. Thank you so much for doing that in advance. Um, I have read through them. I haven't really pondered over them. So, and he's going to randomly select some. And the ones that don't, we don't get to answer all tonight. We will. Uh, well, I will be sharing them on future podcasts. So just be making sure that you have those liking that, that subscription. Make sure you have the little notification on Spotify so that you don't miss an episode. All right. All right. For our first question, uh, when did you come to Christ, and why? So a little bit about my backstory is I was actually in church in 2012. Um, I was going to church Mondays and uh, Wednesdays and Sundays, but I wasn't like in the word. I lost my dad and then I kind of fell out of church. But um, November of 2015 is when I started going to church um, consecutively, really digging into the word, trying to get connected in the church. Like he said, plugging in to volunteer. Uh, we were together, what, three, that was our third year we were mm-hmm. together. So we were going through some things, but it was great that God just aligned it up to where. So it was November 2015 that I started going and really understanding and building my relationship with him. And September 18th of 2016 is when I surrendered and gave my full life for Christ. And ever since then, I've been all in. I've been on fire. I have had droughts. But I've prayed through them. I've had my sisters push me through them, and he's prayed me through them. And I'm just grateful to just be able to grow with him in an intimate setting when I'm in those times. Awesome. All right. So the next question, uh, how do you stay on track with your intimate time with God? So that was something that took me a long time to really... um, get into a good routine and I'm not talking about like okay every day at 8 a.m. I'm gonna be here and there because life happens I'm a mom I'm a wife you know uh, I did work up until a few months ago so it's a little bit easier now but I think that he's always available for us so it's just changing that perspective that I have that I need to always be available for him you know if I'm busy doing something or I'm in the middle of something and he tells me he's speaking to me or I feel something on my spirit, I just stop in that moment and ask him what he's trying to reveal to me. Now, as far as my quiet time, 
I do make sure that I get that every single day, um, at least a minimum of 15 minutes, because 15 minutes is only 1% of our day. And if we can't give that 1% to Christ, then, you know, we have to rearrange and prioritize our time. But I think just because he's always available for me, I need to always be available for him. And so that is how I really just keep, uh, you know, that recurring in my mind. And I know life happens, things happen. Sometimes if I can't get a full hour or whatever with him, I at least plug in that 15 minutes. And that might be as funny as y'all know, but like just sitting with him and while I'm in the tub or, you know, they always say like, if we ever move, I need to take the bathtub with us. Cause that's like my holy place. That's where I feel like he speaks to me sometimes, but Recently, I've turned into like the plant mama, and so I feel like when I'm taking care of my plants and I talk to them and I share Jesus with them and all of that great stuff, I feel like sometimes that is my intimate time with him, and I know it sounds silly, but, you know, whatever, whatever works. <laughs> and I think also something else that could help out with that is, is as you do um, grow your relationship with your husband and your significant other as well. Um, you know, I come home and there's times where my wife is, is literally in, in the middle of her study or her quiet time. And, you know, I, I give her that time. I try not to bother her. Um, you know, I stay out of the room as much as I can. Of course, I want to spend some time with her. But, you know, I try to also back away and, and let her have that time, um, you know, to where she does have time for studying and everything. <laughs> Jen says you'll be the one removing the tub and putting it in the new house. I will buy a new one. No, I think we can put it in the spare bathroom. I mean, or I can make, maybe I can make a garden out of it. Well, if she just keeps watching these YouTube videos, she'll be a pro at it. Yes. If you need home remodeling, don't call me. <laughs> uh, uh, all right. uh, oh, Dave, hey, you just logged on. Glad you could uh, join us. Go ahead. All right, so next question. Um, what is your typical coffee order? <sighs> So it varies on my season. Uh, I love coffee. Right now I'm fasting commercial coffee. So I haven't been able to go to my favorite coffee shop, Buster Brews, here in New Caney. If you have not been there, you need to go. Uh, Stormy and the girls are amazing. Uh, and then if you go pretty regular, they get to know you by name. Yes. But I would have to say in the winter, I do like the uh, s'mores. Coffee from uh, Buster's Brews. I do like the chestnut praline from Starbucks, and that is a seasonal drink. But I would say my go-to regular is always a white chocolate mocha. Like, that's the one. If people know me and they're grabbing coffee, they know ice white chocolate mocha, no whip, just throwing it out there. We have Bible study this Saturday, so it's wink, wink. Anyway. But Same for me, guys. <laughs> Oh, Amanda got it. She said chestnut praline. That's right. There you go. <laughs> All right. So what made you want to start in ministry? Oh, so that was something that God had put on my heart whenever we actually were in children's ministry together. Um, and that was what? I don't know how many years ago. At least three or four. Three or four years ago. And I just knew that I love doing it. I love teaching God's word. I love the fun that you can take it and be fun, but then you can also be serious. And it was right at the end of my time being in children's ministry that God just kept tugging on my heart and just like, you're, I built you for so much more. And I didn't know what that would be. I prayed on it. I had no idea. I thought maybe, okay, maybe I need to just stop children's ministry. Maybe... 
maybe if I stop here, he will show me something else. But during that transition, he actually did. What he did is he, I feel that he promoted me on his time. That the youth leader, Joseph, who I still serve with um, right now at the church, asked me to share my testimony to the teenagers. I thought they were going to bite me. I thought they were sharks. It was nerve-wracking. It was scary. But I shared my testimony. Um, I prayed and prayed for God. If that's where he wants me, open up a door for me. And a few weeks later, Joseph had asked me to uh, be the woman's leader for the youth, the youth at our church. And that's when it really ramped up. God started being, again, I built you for so much more. I built you for so much more. COVID started happening. Um, with that, obviously, churches shut down. Our church was amazing, never shut down. We did outdoor services, um, but we still were not getting connected. And I think that's when he boldly spoke to me, like, this is your time. This is what I've been preparing you for. And my sister-in-law and I started a women's ministry at our church, and we are two years into that, and it's been amazing. Um, I know a lot of the ladies watching right now as a part of our ministry and we would not be who we are right now if it wasn't for you guys faithfully coming back, um, faithfully getting into God's word because you keep coming back because you're maturing, you're growing, you want to know more, you have that fire. And that was just really what set off where I'm at now, you know, doing uh, ladies ministry, doing youth. I do both of them, but I knew God had so much more for me. And I really struggled with it for the past year, quitting my job and pursuing this full-time financially, not being a burden to my husband, um, things like that. But it was just the joy that I got out of it. And God, my work was chaotic. It was stressful. It was mentally harming me to where I was hindering my spiritual life. And I feel like God was showing me that because I wasn't doing my calling. I wasn't in two feet into my purpose and doing what he wanted me to do. But when I finally let go of that job and finally said, you know, God, I'm done. I'm I'm ready to pursue ministry full time. I'm ready to do whatever it is you want me to do full time. And I can tell you my mental health has been 100% better. My relationship at home has been better. I've been able to just fully get like, I guess, saturated with his love. And I'm just excited to see what he's got for us. For us, because ministry is not just me. It is him. It's our family. It's it's us growing together, and that's so important in our relationship, whether you're boyfriend or girlfriend or whether you're single looking for a, a partner, whatever it is, it's so important to do it together, like he said. For sure. Yeah, she was so worried about coming home and telling me that, that um, it was she felt that it was time that, that God was calling her away from her job, and you know, me being the amazing husband I am, sorry, you know, not to toot my own horn, but, you know, I, I pretty much my my answer to her was, well, what took you so long? You know, it, it's um, building that relationship up with your spouse that, that you know, that, that you can have that. I, I saw her want and her need to um, pursue ministry and, and make that her life. Um, you know, I, and I'm, I couldn't be more proud of her for that. So when, when she came to me and decided to make that her jump, you need tissues? You good? I need a <laughs> tissue box, Joseph. But when, when she decided to make that jump, it was just a, what took you so long? You know, I, I could see this is where you were going. You know, there's, yes, there's going to be hard times and struggles, but just like, you know, all the rest that we've gotten through, we'll, we'll always get through it. He will get us through this. Absolutely. So, you know, it's, it's just, um, it's a change that we've made and we're steadily doing it. 
Jim says that you're pretty cool. I am pretty cool. Thank you, Jim. <laughs> you're pretty cool, too. All right. So let's see here. <laughs> let's go with... We love you, too, girl. What is your go-to favorite Bible scripture? Uh, Psalms 34, 18. The Lord is close to the brokenhearted and saves those who are crushed in spirit. That is a verse that I cling to when I feel like I'm downward spiraling. Um, it's also one that I cling to when I'm kind of in a situation that I feel uncertain about. Because I know no matter what, he is in control. He has got me. That verse is what saved my life through my addiction and trying to get through the process of grieving over my losing my dad. And I just knew that even though I was broken and I was damaged, that he was he still loved me and that he um, was caring for me and that his presence was all around me and that he was mending me back together. And I'm not 100% whole. I'm a little bit torn still, but he's working on me every single day. And that is my favorite go-to verse. I love it. It's it's just one. I have it tattooed on me because it's a great reminder of my story and that it's just one that I cling to. And I love to share that, you know, with other women who are going through something. Good. All right. So are you able to speak in tongues? I have never personally been able to speak in tongues. And that's not saying that it's never going to happen. Um, I have been around other people who have done it. Um, it's nothing against it. I've heard, you know, our pastor do it. I've heard other people at events do it. I personally just have not had that happen to me yet. But that's not saying that I still don't have the presence of the Lord in me. And that goes for you out there as, as well, that you don't have to speak in tongues to have the presence overcome your body. I have had moments. Um, there was a conference I was at about four years ago and a lady placed her hands upon me and prayed over me and I did kind of faint for a moment but I didn't ever speak in tongues and that was really a shift in my spiritual life too that because I allowed that to just happen and overcome but never been able to speak in tongues but I mean I don't never know whatever whatever God's plan is and when it happens I guess I will just let him do his thing <laughs> All right. How do you feel you've grown in Christ or with Christ? I feel I've grown tremendously within the last four years because I've had the ministry vision on, you know, in front of me. And so that's driven me to get it, making sure I'm getting into that quiet time, making sure I'm serving when there's an opportunity to serve because I want to be obedient to him and I want to be in any place that he wants me to be at and have an opportunity to serve him or, you know, I guess you can say there's been so many times that I've been in certain places that I didn't plan on going, but then he's used me somehow. I've given advice to somebody or I've said something to somebody or I've been able to pray with somebody. And so I think just being obedient, that is how I've grown so much in my relationship, especially over the last year, has been a tremendous growth. Um, stepping out of my comfort zone, doing this, now sitting at our kitchen table doing this. It's not something that I would have done probably a year ago, but just consistently being obedient to him and growing maturely. And it's all because I'm putting in the work with him. And that's what you have to do. You have to 
make time for him. You have to be obedient whenever he puts something on your heart. And, um, and it's not always things that I share because some things are always meant between me and him. But sharing things with my husband, there's things I share with him that I don't share with you guys or share with other people. And that's just because I feel like that, too, is also maturing me in my relationship with him. It's teaching me what to share, what not to share, you know, what to cling on to and just hold for just me personally. Yeah, I know I've seen a, a huge growth in, in your walk with Christ. Is it, I guess when it really, really started changing you the most is... Um, or, or should I say that the biggest growth is when you started with youth. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, that, that was that was a complete life-changing um, change for you. It, you know, like I said, with the, with the younger kids, you, you did your studies and you, you taught them the best you could, but they didn't, they didn't ask questions, they didn't get involved. And when you went to the youth, it's like, oh my goodness, they talk back, they ask questions. <laughs> so, you know, your studying got, got way more in your, your time, you know, everything had to just grow in order to, yeah. to um, you know, to, to fit that next step that you were yeah, in. Absolutely. And I love all my girls. I love when we get to do camera groups and that's when they, when I get a lot of talk back, like he says, and it just, sometimes there's things that our girls say and I'm like, I give them the answer, but then I still go home and I think about what they said and then I'll shoot the message out because I want them to know that one, I was paying attention. One, two, I care about them. Three, it's important to follow up on what God shows us in those moments and just to share whatever he puts on our heart. All right, so this is a good one. Um, what is your? What is one of your favorite Bible resources? Okay, I'm gonna share two just because the first one uh, was a big, I guess a big help when I started writing my lessons. And that is Papa Frank. Papa Frank is my number one Bible resource. Uh, he is a man of God. He is very strong in the word. The way he teaches is amazing. And I learned so much on how to teach and how to talk to a group of people through watching him and him kind of mentoring me without mentoring me in a sense. Um, he's definitely my first one. Uh, second would be... Um, the YouVersion Bible app, you can get it on iPhone or if you have an Android, you can get it, you can look at it on the computer. And I love that if there's a scripture that I'm going through uh, and I'm just not really understanding it, I can click it in there and it will show me all of the different versions. And then I can read through a couple different versions and then I can kind of understand it a lot more. And there's also on the YouVersion app, there is actually some devotionals that you can do. Um, you can do them by yourself, or you can actually do them with a group of friends, which is awesome. So that is definitely my go-to, second go-to. <laughs> All right, so I think this is the most important question on this entire list. Um, who is your favorite lunch lady? It obviously has to be... The best lunch lady ever, the one that's I can't holy wild, the one that's loud, the one that's bossy, the one that makes perfect pancakes, the one that tells me what to do and lets me just sweep just because I want to spend time with Jesus, it would be Mama Judy. Oh, yes. Or Granny Judy, whatever whatever you want to call her. Mama Judy, Mama J, Judy, 
Granny, whatever it is. No, Steve, no, Dave, you are good. You can hang out with us. It's for everyone. Uh, it's open to all. Thank you so much, Jen, for catching that. Uh, but yes, it would be Mama Jane. And not only is she the coolest lunch lady ever, but she is a really good free therapist at times, and she does make your favorite snack if you tell her what it is. She does. Cheese fountains and... and gravy fountains? I'm sorry, the gravy fountains. Okay, real quick, let me tell you. Let me tell you a story. Okay, this is funny. So I wanted a gravy fountain forever and ever and ever. It was like a dream, a bucket list. And so one youth camp, this woman went out of her way and got an actual chocolate fountain and turned it into a gravy fountain. And I had to speak that day at another conference real quick. I had to duck out and come back. And it just started my day off amazing. I walked in that cafeteria and she was sitting there like this. And I saw it and it was like love at first sight. Almost like the time I met him. Like I was just like, oh, oh. my so then I got the biscuit that she made, that the ladies made that day, and I put it in my gravy, and I ate it. It was delicious. Best gravy ever. Best gravy ever. Best gift. Oh, yes. Well, not the best gift, but it was a, it's been, a, it's in my top five. Top five. Gotta, gotta love your lunch ladies, especially yes. when you show them that love and you just happen to wake up from camp to the big pancakes and the extra serve not that I need extra servings of food, but man, I'll tell you what, it is nice walking in that cafeteria and you got all kind of extra servings because you love that lunch lady and she loves you back. We love you, Miss Judy. But I do want to say that I think it is unfair that he gets second. It's not. It's not. And she I never got me. stuff like put into the side, but I do say I did get the gravy fountain. See? But I'm just saying I never got stuff snuck behind, you know, the counter and things like that. So I'm not sure how much he's paying you, but I'll double it. <laughs> oh, no, I just went more broke. Uh, Jen said that she heard that you dug a hole last weekend. Uh, next question. <laughs> <laughs> what stays at youth camps, that it is, or what, what said at youth camp or youth conference stays at youth conference. It is not Vegas, Charles. <laughs> All right. So your next question. Uh, what started your walk with Christ? I would say my official starting my walk would be in my rock bottom of addiction. We were together of just struggling, not having a way out, and just feeling like, obviously, okay, I need help. I can't do this on my own. Um my mom prayed me back into church. I went one Wednesday night. Pastor was talking about, you know, our past is our past. And the seasons in, in our life that we go through are for a reason and for a purpose. And I think that is when my initial walk really started. And I think it was in the midst of my addiction to where, I mean, I would drink just because I could drink. And I would, you know, get angry with that. And there was all these emotions that came with it. And I think like, okay, like obviously you were helping me, but I knew that we couldn't do it alone. And just, you know, having that Holy Spirit conviction as my, you know, as my walk with him, I guess, progressed is really what has helped me be sober right now to this day. And now I don't even have the, the want or the desire to have it. And it's, it's so great. And, and just for any of you that might be fighting something like that, it doesn't all happen overnight. 
um, you know, that, that, that walk went from like her saying, you know, that, that, um, picking up the drinks and doing it just because she could, it didn't just immediately stop. It all didn't just immediately stop. It gets better and better. So just because, oh, you still slipped and had a drink or you still slipped and did this, that doesn't, you know, don't just throw it back and say, oh, well, I'm just going to keep doing it because I keep messing up. Just it, it slowly got better to where she was to the point where now she doesn't want any of it. You know, we don't drink. We don't do drugs. We don't do anything like that. And she's more than happy with that lifestyle because she slowly worked herself up. And, and you know, her walk with Christ got her that that far. And, you know, it's it's been an amazing life since then. But it doesn't happen overnight for anybody that is struggling with the addictions or anything like that. And I like just real quick, I want to touch on how you said that it's it was little by little type thing and that's also with our relationship with christ whenever you decide to give your life to christ and say that i'm all in it's not gonna you're not gonna everything is not gonna change overnight and i know that joseph said that to our teenagers this weekend that it happens little by little you have to start you it starts with us making the little changes like okay i'm i'm i've given my life to christ i'm gonna cut out these these negative people that i'm I'm hanging around I, the next time the next step is going to be I'm going to start changing my my attitude and then the next one is going to be changing you know how I speak because that is big things that really do matter to God but those are like the main things that I know for me whenever I decided to give my life to Christ is I knew I had to get away from certain people because one of my addiction and two because I knew the life that I wanted to live and I couldn't live the life that I wanted to live with God being around these type of friendships and it, it hurts and it, it was hard for a long time but god provided god provided family he provided um sisters um he provided everything that i needed and that's what he does for us and you have to just take it one day at a time and anybody out there who is struggling with addiction you have to take it one day at a time you cannot quit cold turkey because chances are you have a high percentage of falling back in so you need to have that accountability partner. You need to reach out, get some resources. If you're anyone out there who's struggling with addiction or anything, please reach out to me. I would love to get you connected. There is a lot of credit, uh, not credit, <laughs> not credit recovery, but there is recovery classes that are free of charge in local churches in your area, wherever you're at. And I will be happy to research and get those resources out to you. Uh, Miss Judy said new relationships. That is a huge one. And, and that's what I was about to also um, add on to is, you know, 99% of, of um, recovering addicts, you're going to have to change who you hang out with because they are they are going to drag you back into it or or whatnot you're going to try to stay clean and then you're going to go hang out with these groups of friends if that if they're not changing with you you have to change who you hang out with because hey i have i have not struggled personally in my life i've been very blessed that i've just never been a drinker or anything like that but i've had multiple friends that are drug addicts or, or, or drinkers and they always hey man just help me change help me change but they never want to walk away from the rest of their friends and their partying and all this stuff. And it's like, until you can get that out of your life, you will never stop. Because that, that atmosphere will not allow you to stop. That's right. All right. Um, what is your favorite holiday and why? Uh, okay. So it's going to be Hollowmas. I said that. Hollowmas. It's going to be, we start in September. For, uh, for Halloween, and then right after 
October 31st, November 1st, we go right into Christmas. And we do that till I get ready to say it's over. So it's Hallowmas is my favorite holiday. Every year. <laughs> every year she adds a new tree to the mix. Some of y'all have one, maybe two trees. How many do we have? Next year we will have four. Yes, because I will now have a niece and nephew tree. You are not a loved spouse until you come home from work, from out of town or out of state or wherever I was, to a Christmas tree full of pictures of this right here. Yes. So beautiful. It's, it's to her, yes. To me, it was, oh my gosh, I've got to get rid of that thing. It said common circle. <laughs> Oh my oh gosh, my I love you guys. I love you guys. All right, so we got a few more. Um, where's your favorite place to vacation? Florida. I love Florida. Uh, we go to, we've been to a couple places in Fort Florida. I do say Daytona Beach and Panama City are my two favorite places that I've been to. Uh, Daytona Beach, just because we were right on the water, the water was beautiful, the weather is great. It does rain almost every day, but it's only a quick shower. But Panama City, I am very fond of just because uh, Pastor Ramsey's church is there. And I love that every time we go, we get to connect and we get to fellowship with him and his family and his church. And I think that is just really where I look forward to. If I could vacation there every year, can I? Who Next question. <laughs> <laughs> no, and, and that is one thing. You know, we, we've been to many different spots for vacation. Um, we, we love cruising and everything. But I would say probably my number one spot to vacation would be Panama City. And it's not even so much of the atmosphere of the, the beaches and everything there because it is a beautiful place. Um, you know, I was there for work for, for um about six months due to the hurricanes and it was devastating how much damage was there but they still uh, they, they turned the beaches around and made them beautiful again but it's not even all that um having having a place that we can vacation and also have a have a more or less home church to go to with pastor ramsey our connection's been there it will always be there that's no different than now i have a connection in louisiana where we where we'll probably go for vacations and whatnot but panama city is probably one of our favorite places because not only do we get to go for vacation we also get to go and see another church family of ours and, and still have our services and everything else there so i love panama yeah. city real quick dave says what happened to thanksgiving Th thanks what well mr dave let me tell you it's in the middle of halloween and christmas and i'm thankful to be able to have halloween <laughs> So it's included. It's included. It is. And I love food, again, like we saw that said earlier. So as long as she doesn't forget my cranberry sauce, I love Thanksgiving too. Okay. Anyway. Thanks, Mama. Church on the beach. Yes, yes, yes. yes. A church on the beach. We will plan that this summer. My, my uh, sweet mother-in-law had to save the day on Christmas because my wife forgot the cranberry sauce. And I cannot have Christmas dinner or Thanksgiving dinner without cranberry sauce. If y'all love cranberry sauce... Give me a like, because uh, it's amazing. Well, if you do don't, it. still give me a like. That stuff is disgusting. I'd rather <laughs> lick the sidewalk. It's disgusting. <laughs> it is disgusting. All right. So here's a really good one. You can make that happen for me, Mr. Dave. You give me a tree, and I will make it. He said turkey. Yeah, that's awesome. Turkey yeah. tree. That's awesome. All right. So here's a really good one. 
Uh, if you could get one question answered by Jesus directly, what would that question be? So I had answered this question. Someone had asked me at, at breakfast a couple weeks ago, and um, I can't remember exactly when I shared, but I've been thinking about that question because someone else kind of asked it in a different sense. And there are so many questions I would have for him, but I would ask him, oh man, that's, that's what I've thought about it, and I've thought about what I could say on that one, but it's tough because I have a list of questions to ask him, and to pick one question is so hard, but I would honestly have to say, like, oh man, it's hard. It's really hard because I'm so grateful for where I'm at, and I'm grateful for the trials and everything I've been through, but I would honestly have to say of everyone in my life that I've lost, like, why my dad sooner than anyone else that I was close to? Um, you know, why my dad, who was perfectly healthy, have to die of a heart attack? You know, that would probably be my, my one question to him is why. I know we shouldn't ask why. I know we shouldn't do that because it's all in God's will and God's timing, but what was the reason like is it because you wanted to teach me a lesson is it because you it wanted to be obviously a part of my story so that you know i could help other people who lose their parent or you know all of those things but that is really the one thing i think that the why you know we're not supposed to ask him why but in that moment if i had that one question i would ask him that just because my dad was such a perf a person that impacted my life and I wish I would have been a better daughter in that time that he was alive, even though I know he said he was proud of me and all of those things. Um, those are things I might have, that might be another question too, is like, can you let me go back and be a better daughter to both my parents type thing? But. That's one thing that I would have to say that um, I, I, you know, I didn't ever get a chance to meet him. We actually met um, a few months after but just from what she tells me about him and everything, me and him would probably sit out in the garage all day and, and never never have time to come in and do anything. But, you know, I, I really wish I would have had the chance to meet him for sure. Um, you know, I, I hear stories about him all the time, and, and it's amazing how good of a relationship they did have. So I definitely would, would have to agree with her that just with knowing my wife, that would probably be one of the number one questions she would want to know um, just because he was taken too soon. Yeah, but it happens. There's a lot of people that we're close to that get taken too soon, and it's all a part of our story, and it's all for a reason, and God has his bigger purposes, and um, I'm going to be sure to ask him when I get there. He was needed somewhere else? He was, yeah. at a tattoo shop in heaven, waiting on me. <laughs> all right, so was there ever a time that you heard the Lord speaking to you the most? Yes. Um, so it would be in the midst of my brother's addiction. I know that he was on a podcast a few weeks ago sharing his testimony and things like that. And I think I wanted him to get saved so bad in his addiction because I knew what it felt like on this side. And I was pouring scripture into him and I was praying over him. And when I would go visit him uh, in, in prison because that's where he shared that he was at at the time. When I would go, I would put my hands on him and pray over him and just ask God to, you know, heal him from the inside out type thing. And there was one time that I was leaving, and it was in Jasper, and it was a long drive home. And for this particular time, I stopped on the side of the road. There just happened to be a lake, 
And I remember just crying my eyes out and him just telling me, it's time for you to let go. And I didn't know exactly what that meant in that time. One, I thought I was going to die soon. Not going to lie. I was a little scared. I was like, uh, I'm not trying to let go. Like, I'm, I still have things to do here. I know you got me to do here. But uh, it was telling me to let go of my brother. Because even though I was praying and doing all these things for him, I literally was kind of like holding him and trying to get him to the cross. And I learned in that moment when God said it's time to let, him, let it go, I need you to let go, that... It was like a week later I received a letter in the mail and my brother telling me that just God got a hold of him and all of these things. And it was such a peace and it was such like a, it was the loudest time that I've ever heard God speak to me. And then after that, Amanda brought up the number 40. And it was shortly after that, that God started showing me the number 40. And that's where we started our, you know, trying to have a child and things like that. And the number 40 kept popping up. And that's a whole nother saga and another series. I'm, I, who knows? That's a whole book, maybe. <laughs> but yeah, that it has to be the one time that I know that God was so loud to me. Well, everybody always says it's on his time and not yours. Yeah. And that's the hardest thing for us as, as humans, as flesh, to let go and let God. And I know that's such a cliche quote, but it is true. It's We have to let go and allow him to do things on his time and his will and and not on ours. Mm -hmm. All right. Well, we have two more, so we might as well go ahead and finish it up. That's fine. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, what advice do you have for someone who is wanting to step into ministry? Do it. Just do it. Don't be afraid. Don't let fear cripple you. Just do it. Because if God has placed that on your heart, if he has shown it to you, if he's had someone speak it over your life, just do it. Pray over it. Ask him where to put you. He will open a door. And I promise you, you will not be disappointed. And if that is what he is showing you, he will give you ample opportunities to serve him and to be a part of some type of ministry. Just do it. Oh, yeah. And, and it's not it's not something where you have to jump in and go as far as running your own ministry or quitting yeah. your job and becoming a pastor or, or anything big. It, it could be as simple as just... Uh, uh, serving at the church and, and you know becoming a youth leader, becoming a, a children's minister or ministry uh, leader, a lunch, know, lady. Uh, a lunch lady. There's so many different things you could do to jump into ministry. It's it doesn't. Everybody always you know a lot of people put that that uh, that big picture of of man. I gotta be a pastor. I gotta be this. I gotta be that. That's not at all what it takes to to get into ministry. And then if that's where you fill your pool, it can get more and more and more to where it just never stops. <laughs> Absolutely, and I, I love that you said that because ministry is not just standing in front of a pulpit mm -hmm. and speaking. You minister in your household. You minister in small groups. You minister at your job. Um, in the grocery store, you have you're ministering when you're speaking the gospel and spreading God's love. You're ministering to people, and that is what we're supposed to do. It, it says it in Scripture that it is our job as as believers in Christ to go out and tell the world and to tell them of the good news. And the good news is God's amazing love and His amazing word. Yep. Oh yeah. All right. Well, last question we have: <laughs> Is there an event that made you grow the most? in your faith and what was it so this question when i read it i immediately had what i was going to share um i almost 
wanted to kind of ignore it, but I knew, one, I had to be obedient. Two, I didn't want to, um, the person who asked that, I did not want them to think, well, she's just not going to get to me, blah, blah, blah. It wasn't important to her. So I would have to think it would be earlier this year that we, you know, we struggled with trying to conceive and all of these things and went through all of the doctors and all of the tests and all of the amazing, wonderful money things that um, you do whenever you are have PCOS or have infertility and things like that. And March of this year, we, sh we had a miscarriage and it was something that was unexpected. It wasn't something that um, we saw coming. Uh, I remember sitting in the ER and the nurse telling us, ma'am, you're pregnant. And I'm like, yeah, we, <laughs> we were there for a whole different reason. And she told us like we knew, like, yeah. oh, yeah, your pregnancy. And we're like, are, are both of us are what? what? You know, like we were told we can't have one, you know, yeah. so it was a 100 percent surprise. And, and unfortunately, yeah. it didn't it, it didn't it wasn't his plan at the yeah. time. But but yeah, it was it was a surprise for both yeah. of us. And a few weeks later, we found out that we did have a miscarriage. And that was the hardest thing because with COVID, he couldn't go into the doctor's office with me. And being in that doctor's office and the doctor, you know, confirming what the blood work shows and what the ultrasound shows. Um, it was the hardest moment of my life and I mean I've dealt with grief and I've dealt with losing my dad and people that I'm close to but nothing compares to losing a child that you long and hope for but I do believe and I can say it now without breaking down without crying is I do believe that I got through it because of my faith because of where I was at in the season I was in because of the sisters who came and held me and cried with me and because of my amazing husband, he was a rock through that time. Even though obviously it was my body, we both lost a child. And that was one of the hardest things that we've been through in our marriage. But it was also a turning point in his life of ministry, my life of ministry, my life within our household, not taking things for granted, amping up being awesome aunt and an awesome uncle, because God will always provide it. And I feel that... Even though we're children, physical children of our bio children may not be in the cards for us, God provides us. We have two amazing spiritual daughters that we pour into and we love them and they love their sisters so much. But I do believe that God provides. And I just had a conversation yesterday um, with a lady who told me that uh, you're about to turn 33. And I've always said when I'm 33, like God's going to rock my world. I've always said that. And she said to me that maybe when you're 33 is when God's going to give you your baby. And it wasn't a physical baby that she spoke into my life. It was ministry. Like maybe this is the year that God is going to really put you where you belong within your purpose. And that will be your baby. And you will start seeing the growth of your baby whenever you turn 33. And I'm going to cling on to that. And I'm going to believe that. And I'm going to declare it and speak it over my life. Because I do believe this is what I love to do. I love to sit here. I love to talk about Jesus. Someone gave me a shirt yesterday that says, Warning, I can talk about Jesus at any time. It's a proven fact. But I do believe that that was the hardest, <laughs> the hardest thing that I've been through. And Gabby, one of our nieces, has a question. <clears throat> Jerome, would you like to read that question? Because now that we're done with the questions, we're going to go on to you guys' questions. So if you have questions, put them in the 
and we both will answer them. So if it's for Jerome, say, hey, Jerome. If it's for me, say, hey, Bethany, hey, B. So we're ready. But Gabby has an awesome question. Let's see. Gabby's question. How did you just become awesome aunts and uncles? Well, uh, I've been an amazing uncle for years, of course. Um, but I had the privilege of, what, two and a half years ago or so? Yeah. Well, the good thing is we had a really good connection with them because of, of the Cubs that are at our church to begin with. Um, before we even knew they were going to be family, um, those three were already family to us. Um, but we, we have the, the privilege of having some really amazing uh, kids in our life. And yes, uh, you know, we, we had our miscarriage and, and it doesn't look like uh, a child of our own is in our cards. But I'll tell you right now, it, it doesn't bother me one bit. Do I want a child? Yes, I do. But if that's not in his cards, we have so many uh, nieces and nephews that are in our life that we get them so much. It, it's, um, you know, it, they're like we have more children in our life. So, um, you know, we, we've been very blessed with our nieces and nephews um, to where it, it, there's no difference whether we have a child of our own or not. We just don't have to pay for these as much. Well, we do eat ice cream quite a bit. <laughs> we so. do, but that is still cheaper. It is. So I'll take it. <laughs> she has a no-shoes ministry. Woohoo! I might have to talk to Gabby to help me with my thing that I'm about to go into. Um, <laughs> Judy has a question for you, Jerome. <laughs> How is Buddy? The cow. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> I forgot about the cow. Okay. So... When you come home from working out of town, or out of state, I should say, and I got home real late, our gate was open. I pull the truck and trailer in the driveway. I go to sleep. I'm thinking, why did she leave our gate open? The next morning, I wake up. I go outside. Our electric gate is pushed open, so it bent our opener and all that good fun stuff. And I have a longhorn grazing in my yard. I was upset. So I, I'm talking to my wife, my beautiful, amazing wife, wondering, hey, why'd you leave the gate open? Well, she's been doing this. So now the longhorn thinks that this is its yard. And as of about a week ago, I finally got this thing to stop busting through my gate and tearing my gate up after I had to redo it all, readjust it all, add a new gate panel and all this fun stuff multiple times of readjusting it, I finally got this amazing longhorn named Buddy, and the reason it's named Buddy as well, is um, she made a video of it, and she's on the porch, and she's like, hey, Buddy, hey, Buddy, do you want to come over here and graze? And what's the longhorn do? And walks over into our yard, straight up from the other side of the yard, walks into our yard. So she has this longhorn named and calling it. Look, so I go on vacation, or not vacation, I go out of town for work, and I come home to a longhorn grazing in my yard, and I can't get this thing to leave. It's not my fault. It's not my fault. Everyone needs to be loved. Joseph has a question. Is this for both of us or for one of us? Joseph. Well, I got my answer no matter what. All right. Well, we'll let Jerome, since he is the star of the show tonight, who is your favorite youth pastor? There's only one correct answer for that. 
Mr. David Clowers. I'm just kidding, Joseph. You are definitely our favorite youth pastor. Um, and, and serving next to you has been an amazing... What? What? Nothing. <laughs> no, it's been an amazing time. Um, you know, you, you've, um, you've definitely helped both of us grow tremendously. And I couldn't, I couldn't think of anybody else I'd rather be beside... Um, doing this and helping build my walk with Christ and everything else. So, no, you you are an amazing youth pastor, and I I hope you stay there as long as I'm there. That's so sweet, the way he talks about his beard brother like that. So where's your answer? Who's your favorite youth pastor? Give Jerome an ego. There you go. I would have to say, obviously, youth pastor would have to be Joseph. Uh, just because, like Jerome said, you are truly amazing. Um, you have no idea how you much you've inspired me. Um, there's a lot of things that you do as far as a ministry leader that I implement into what I do, and it's so effective. That's why I copycat. But I do give you credit, um, and I do appreciate what you do for our students. You've made a tremendous difference in so many of our students' lives, uh, Jaden's life, you know, particular too, like. There's so many, just because you make, you, when God gives you a vision of whatever it is, you take it and you run with it and you don't hold back and you, you're just absolutely amazing. Like, if Skylar's with you, I need her to give you a pat on the back or Addie, you can give Joseph a pat on the back and a high five and I'll be bringing your dog back shortly. (laughs) You can definitely have her back. Beard brothers. All right, any other questions? We are open for questions. Better be the same answer. <laughs> so funny, so funny. That's funny, yep. Gabby, give me another question. Give me a question. Any question? What's for dinner? Yes, I know who your favorite uncle is, Gabby. I love you too. Listen, there would be no you if I didn't say I do. You had no choice. Ask her in front of a thousand people, guys. She has to say yes. So the question says. <laughs> so Jen, is this from you or from Gabby? <laughs> this is good. Uh, it says. She said, "Just so this is made no made known, what does Jesus look like best?" Okay, so our amazing pastor, Jerry Hovatter, says that our Jesus can be anything that we want him to be, and he can look like anything that we want him to look like. One time, he said that maybe he looks like Willie Nelson. Maybe he does. Well, you don't know what my Jesus looks like? My Jesus has a neck tattoo from here down, chest is covered. I think maybe he has a picture of all the disciples on his chest. I don't know, but I know he's got me somewhere right there, like thumbs up, whatever. Anyway, so he's got neck tattoo, he has dreadlocks, and he's barefooted. That's my Jesus. That's my Jesus. I don't care about his color eyes. Oh, and he has a nice beard. Very well manicured, kind of angled down, very well manicured. So tattoos, dreadlocks, and a nice beard. That's my Jesus. That's what he looks like. Uh, Whatever your Jesus looks like. Kudos to you. That's just my cool Jesus. I know when I get to heaven, he's going to be like, hey, girl, come with me, and we're going to go straight to my dad's tattoo shop. I'm going to get a tattoo because when I get to heaven, 
guess what? I get a new canvas, and I'm so excited about that. Oh, man. Jessica says, wow, we're so awesome. Ask the bearded Jesus. Uh, let's see. And Joseph says, where do you see each other ministry-wise in five to ten years? Dreamland. I think this is a two-part question. First, let's answer how do we see the other one in five to ten years. I will go first. I see my husband somehow leading other youth somewhere. Maybe it is still in our church. Maybe it's in a small group somewhere. But I see him ministering to young men. Young men meaning maybe like 15 and up, getting them prepared for life, getting them prepared, showing them skills, carpenter skills, uh, showing them skills that they need in real life, as well as the importance of making time for God and building the relationship with him. Well, um, and I, I've been told that by quite a few people, and I don't know if that's where I will be. Um, would I love to be there? Yes. I think if that's where I'm called to be, then and I hope to have the, the courage and, and everything to step into that position one day. Um, every day I'm opening up more and more. Of course, um, it's very hard for me to do. I'm, I'm a, a shy person when it comes to um, praying out loud and, and, and uh, opening up and things like that. I have, I have uh, grown a lot, but would I say that's where I would be? I know personally, I don't think I would be, but everybody keeps telling me more and more that that's where I'm headed. And if that's the case, then I'm 100% for it. Um, you know, if that's if that's where I'm led to be, then that's where I'll be, um, whether I like it or not. <laughs> but um, as far as Bethany, um, I see her really giving this her all. This has been her life for uh, many years now. Um, definitely been her life legitimately for the last... Um, good couple months after she quit her career for it and um you know um every chance she gets she's she's either talking with somebody about jesus um, um studying building her podcast building her 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 brand her um everything her ladies ministry um i do see her for sure um starting mission trips and things like that um, I, I see her in the position she's in times 10 um, plus uh, mission trips and everything else. You know, I, I don't see how she couldn't be um, leading youth and everything else down the road. You know, she's definitely five or 10 years. Just just with what she's done in a few years tells me five or 10 years she'll triple her quadruple easily. I mean, that's guaranteed. I really feel like the air in here got kind of fogged and there's something in my eye. Joseph, tissue box. We need one in our house. Um, okay, so I don't know about the mission trip. That's something that I am praying about and stepping into, hopefully for the next year. Uh, I don't know where God wants me. A lot of it I have to afford on my own, and obviously with him being the only uh, person bringing in money for our family, I'm going to rely on a lot of love offerings and donations and things like that. But I just know that God will provide and I am just buckled up and ready for whatever he has for me. My heart is for women who struggled with addiction, who struggle with infertility, who are just broken and think that God cannot repair them when in reality his grace and mercy pieces us back together. And I want to be able to go and just share my story and encourage other women that there is beauty from the ashes and he can make 
you know, we are all precious jewels, and, you know, he has a purpose for all of us, and I just want to be out there. If I get 5, 10, 20 minutes on stage, no hammer groups, but <laughs> if I could just get five minutes to share God's word with somebody, uh, then that's that's perfect for me. That's where I see myself. It's hard to see myself past a year because I love where I'm at right now. I love who I'm feeding into. I love my youth. That will be the hardest thing, I think. It will be harder leaving my youth group than it would it was leaving the, the, the Cubs because... I'm not going to cry. She's not leaving you, Joseph. I'm not, not leaving, yet. but I just know that that's not where I'm going to be forever. And I know it's just all in my maturity with him. And that's going to be the hardest decision that I'm going to have to make as far as my ministry right now is leaving youth. And I'm not looking forward to that. And I'm praying that that is like 50 years from now. But at the same time, I have to be obedient. And whenever I get an opportunity, I have to be all in and I can't be half and half because I've done that. Like he said with my job, that's something that I struggled with for a good good year. I mean, Amanda can vouch for it. It was tough, but um, giving it all and giving my life is just, it's been amazing. It's been so amazing. Your sisters are getting on to you. I know. They're so funny. Uh, Jen said, can you teach anyone about Jesus, even Alexa? Yes, I'm not going to say her name because Allison's watching, but I can teach her Jesus. We said the Lord's Prayer together. When I said, turn on the lights, <sighs> the lights came on. I'm just saying, we had a good conversation. I'll have to come over again. Allison can cook for me. I'll throw my feet up on the couch and talk to Alexa. I will not leave my sisters. I think that God will always connect me somehow to cis ministry or whatever ladies ministry is going on in our home church. I may not always be leading it, but I do feel that I will always stay connected with it because it's if it wasn't for the church and it wasn't for pastor giving me and Jen an opportunity, I don't think I would be as strong where I'm at right now and being all in where I'm at. You ladies, um, you know, y'all y'all talk to her and hear from her all the time. But uh, just from from somebody from the outside that that uh, isn't isn't there, you of course and and whatnot, and hanging out with y'all, y'all don't understand what y'all mean to her. Um, you know, she's constantly talking about every one of y'all all the time. So even even if the ministry was to dissolve or anything like that, I promise you, y'all as as individuals. Y'all wouldn't go anywhere. Um, Y'all have connections that can't be taken away by dropping a, a, a ladies' ministry out or anything like that. So let's hope it stays going forever. But if anything was to happen, you ladies aren't going anywhere. I promise y'all that. Nope. Y'all are stuck with me for life. Uh, any more questions before we wrap up? I appreciate all of you for, you know, hanging out. And just I love that Jerome is totally coming out of his comfort zone. Um, Jessica said someone is cutting onions. I agree. Uh, I know, I'm trying. Dust in my eye, yes. Or it's the jalapeno juice from last night's situation at dinner, Jen. Jen, so, she was complaining <sighs> about the jalapenos being, I got my hat. Okay. Um, she was complaining about the jalapenos being so hot. 
And I, being me, was like, oh, they're not that bad. So I grabbed one, took a bite of the jalapeno bread, put it back down. We're sitting there talking, and I made the mistake of doing this. For the next 25 minutes, my eye was on fire. So yes, the jalapenos were hot. Jen says, what's next on the pod? So um, I did share, I know I took this week off. Uh, I took this week off just because um, I needed to get fed. I needed to get refueled. And so God really showed me that moving into a series of women of the Bible is where we're about to go to on the podcast. I know that I've asked um, who's your favorite woman in the Bible, things like that. But I think it's important because that's where my focus is and that's where my heart is for is women. And I feel that it's important for me to go into this into this season uh, to just talk about women of the Bible. I want to talk about Tamara. I want to talk about, about the Sheba. I want to talk about the woman at the well. Obviously, the lady who had the issue of blood. I just ta- had a podcast about Ruth. Next week will be, uh, well, this week will be Elizabeth. So, um, and I know that I did talk about Elizabeth a few weeks ago, but it will be a different aspect. And I am just excited to see where this goes, how it impacts you guys, um, what God is going to show me, what he's going. And I love that every time that I'm praying on what to talk about, it's, I get clarification from him, but then he shows me around me something that just kind of confirms it. And so that's what we're going to roll into. I would love to start venturing out and maybe doing some kind of interviews with pastors around the area. That is something that if you guys can start praying on so I can get those connections, I would love to be able to uh, connect with other women who speak just so we can honestly just make and share their story and we can get connected and we can share the word and just that way you guys get a different perspective as well. And... She didn't pour milk on you. (laughs) That's so funny. Uh, Love you too, Mom. Any other questions before we do our drawing? I don't want to. Our youth pastor is actually on the list. I just have to, when God's timing is, him and pastor both. So that will be pretty exciting. Maybe I can get the men of our church. Anyway, uh... All right, so can you comment, if you are watching, comment your name real quick, because I want to make sure that you're in the drawing for the, oh, I can't reach it, I can't reach it, um, for the, the journal and the keychain, and those are two things that will be on the website for um, you to purchase uh, next week. So let's see here, Amanda, we got you, Judy, I got you. <sighs> Thanks for joining us, Miss D. We're about to wrap up, but once it's posted, you can go back and watch it. Jess, got you. Judy, I got you. Jen, I got you. Allison, I got you. Joseph, if you're on and you win, you can give it to Skylar Addy. Gabby, I got Gabby. Dave, I got you too. I appreciate you sticking around and joining us.
arrived. Whoop, whoop, whoop. Let me see. I think this is looking like all right, so we are going to do the drawing right now. If you win, I and you're going to be there Wednesday at church, uh, I can bring it Wednesday. If not, I can bring it Sunday. So here we go. <laughs> that one, right there. Jaden do it. Jaden! Come here! Yes! Let's wait. Let's have Jaden draw. We're going to bring a third party um, drawing here. Hurry, hurry, hurry! We're running out of time! We need you! We told her that she had to be in her room and she couldn't be laughing. Alright, we need you to do a quick drawing. This one. Yeah. you got to be kidding me! Where the next few months go. All right, we love you guys and good night.